All right, verse 5 through 12. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. (laughs) And putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subjected to them. Lord Jesus. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might chase death for everyone. And bringing many sons and daughters to glory, It was fitting that God, for whom and through whom ah, everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there is so much meat in all these things. I cannot possibly do a sermon that covers all of it. But if you notice in your bulletin, the title of today's sermon is Let's Talk About Jesus. That's why the song we just sang before was just so appropriate, the name of Jesus. So if if you have ever been asked to do a sermon or prepare a sermon or whatever, you know that God will often give you an idea from an unusual source. So this week, I always like to have my message by Wednesday because I got to prepare it by Friday. So this week I was on Facebook and my daughter did a post and she posted, let's gossip about Jesus. I don't know how many of y'all saw that. And she started it off by saying, I heard he's a provider. And somebody else came on and says, I heard he was a promise keeper. And someone else says, I heard he's a healer. I heard he was a way maker. I heard he loves unconditionally. I heard that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when I saw that post, it just prompted something in my spirit. And I decided to go to the liturgical calendar to see what was recommended for us to preach on today. And the liturgical calendar has us in Hebrews 1 that we just read. And I said, okay, Lord, I see now that you want me to preach about Jesus. And there may be somebody in here or on Facebook or whatever that's saying, well, Pastor, aren't all of your sermons basically about Jesus? And technically they are. 
But this morning, we're going to go into a little bit more detail about this man called Jesus. And I think I'm going to even be able to show you things that you did not even know about him. All of the things that was on the Facebook page, he's a way maker, promise keeper, all those things are so wonderful and they're so beautiful, but that does not even sum it up as far as who this man called Jesus is. Now, the, one of the reasons that I want to talk about him, besides the fact that I love him, is the fact that so many people have relocated our Jesus, my Jesus, to just being a good prophet or just being a, 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 a thank you, Jesus, the man upstairs or just being a, a, a miracle worker. They, they've relegated him to a lower position than he actually has and actually is. So what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to look at those first four verses that we just read in Hebrews 1. And I'm asking you to keep your Bibles open because you're going to be referring to them. We're going to look at the first um, four verses that God had us look at in Hebrews 1. And Hebrews 1, it starts off by saying that in the old days, in the old times, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets of old. It said that he talked to them or he spoke to them in many and in various ways. And he, he revealed to them a portion he revealed to them a portion of who he was and a portion of what his purpose was in this earth. But God couldn't reveal it all to them at that time as far as who he was and what his purpose was and all that because they, could, they just could not digest it. They couldn't understand it. But God goes on to say in this first chapter, he says, but in these last days, he said, now before, years ago, I spoke to you through the prophets. And what I, I taught you through them is good. But now, in the last days, I'm going to speak to you through my son. God says, in order for you to get a thorough understanding of me, of God the Father, in order to get a thorough understanding of who I am and what I'm, I'm about, I'm going to have to send you my very best. I'm going to send you my only begotten son. So the first thing that you need to know, and it's how we started off with our, our praise, we started off with our worship this morning with the song, You Are God. Remember that? Well, God said the first thing that you've got to know about this man called Jesus is that he was God in the human flesh. I, it, it, you know, sometimes I think we forget about that. I think we forget. We, we, you know, we just think of Jesus as just, I don't know, this being that existed over 2,000 years. But Jesus was and is the son of the living God. Look at what verse 2 says. That's why I want you to keep your Bibles open. It says, the sun is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his being. Amen. Amen. That wowed me. And I typed wow when I, when I read it. It says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. Mm -hmm. 
Now we talked about glory earlier of what we learned in class yesterday. Remember the fact that his miracles were for his glory and all this other kind of stuff. But you know, we're so, so hung up in, in what we want God to do and how, you know, um, the miracles and so forth that we want him to perform in our life that we don't, we kind of lose center of the greatest miracle that God ever performed. We're looking for so many other miracles, but we're looking or we're neglecting the greatest miracle that God ever performed. And that was to wrap his son up in human flesh and to send him into this world. Now you say, Pastor, it says that he's a radiance of God's glory and the exact image of his being. Does that mean that Jesus looks like God the Father? People ask the dumbest questions. And I ask that because, you know, I know that's how people think. And the reason is we are so conscious of whether Jesus was a, a, a black dark flesh or whether he was white flesh or whether he was yellow flesh or whether he was, we're always so conscious or trying to figure out the physical that God says we forget the inner Jesus. We forget that God is a spirit. God does not look like you and God doesn't look like me. So it does not mean when it says he's the exact representation of his being, it's not saying, well, he looks just like his father. It means that if you want to know anything about God the father, you got to go through God the son. Amen. If you got, that's why all other religions and all of that, and I know people like to be politically correct and all this kind of stuff, but I'm too old to be politically correct, okay? Scripture says that Jesus is the exact radiance of his Father, that he is the radiance of his glory. And what he is saying is that you cannot know God the Father unless you know Jesus the Son. Amen. And Amen. brothers and sisters in Christ, that's a truth that you've got to get from your head to whenever you start trying to compromise it and start saying, well, this religion says that and that religion says you, if you're going to go by the word of God, you've got to stand on what the word of God says and not what anybody else says. It says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. That also means that Jesus is the primary reason for us to give God the Father all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Amen. Amen. Jesus, my whole sermon is filled with wows, but Jesus is the primary reason for us to give the Father all the honor, the glory, and the praise. It's not because you got a, 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 a promotion on your job. It's not because you got healing in your, your uh, uh, body. It's not because your marriage was restored. Yes, those things are good. But the primary reason for God, you giving God the Father all the honor, the glory, and the praise is because of Jesus. Amen. And we, we forget that. We lose sight of that because we're so busy looking for everything and anything else for God to do that we lose sight of the greatest miracle that God ever performed. I want you to look at this scripture in verse 2. It says that he has been appointed heir of all things. Now we're going to talk about that in a minute. 
but it says through whom he also made the universe. Verse 3, he sustains all things by his powerful word. Who is this man called Jesus? Who is this man called Jesus? It tells us here in this verse that he is the one who made not only the world that we live in, but the entire universe. Read what the scripture says, that he is the one that not only created this world. You say, Pastor, well, I thought God created the world because doesn't it say in uh, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But Hebrews is now explaining to us who this God is. Do you see that? When it says God created the heavens and the earth, and it tells you here in Hebrews that through Jesus, the Father made the entire universe. That shows you that Jesus is God in the human flesh. He is not just a mere man like you or me. He is God in the human flesh. You say, Pastor, why is that so important? He said, look, look at what else it says. It says that he created the worlds. But look at verse 3. He sustains all things by his powerful word. Now, this is where I'm going to pull you in for you. He not only created the world, but he sustains the world and the universe and everything else by his powerful word. Look in Genesis. You don't have to turn to it. But when he was in Genesis and he created the world, what did he say? He said, let there be light. And there was light. He said, let there be water that separates the water above and the water beneath. And there was water. He said, let there be all kind of veg." He created everything in Genesis. How? Through his spoken word. His rama, rama. Thank you, Lord. His rama word. His rhema word is his creative word. And God is saying here now that God through the uh, uh, God, through uh, Jesus, the son, he sustains all of the universe and everything. But God said, the thing that you need to realize is that if Jesus can control the universe and the planets and all this other kind of stuff, do you think that he cannot handle you and your problems? Do you think he cannot handle the situations that are going, I, I want us to look at Jesus. I want us to talk about Jesus. I want us to know what this Jesus that we serve is all about. So if he is the creator of the universe, okay, he and he's, he's the sustainer of everything. He holds everything in the palm of his hand. But do you remember where scripture says that he also holds us in the palm, palm of his hand? Mm-hmm. That not only does he hold the world and everything, but he holds us. It means if you're in the palm of God's hands, you cannot be in a safer place. If you're in the palm of of God's hands, you cannot be in a place that will give you more comfort. If you're in the palm of God's hands, you cannot be in a place of more satisfaction. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. When you want to talk about something and somebody Let's talk about Jesus. Now, I'm going to show you something now that I I think is going to blow your mind. Because you may have already known that Jesus was the creator, that God used Jesus to create the worlds. You may have already known that. But I want you to notice what it says in verse 2 that I told you we're going to talk about a little later. It says, he has been appointed heir 
H-E-I-R of all things. He has been appointed heir of all things. Now, brothers and sisters in Christ, if you got a thinking mind, or if you have an inquisitive mind like, like I do, then you got to say to yourself, well, wait a minute. An heir is someone that receives an inheritance mm -hmm. after someone dies. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. A heir, Gregory will be an heir. The rest of my children will be my heirs. My grandchildren will be my heirs when the Lord takes me home. But how is it that Jesus has been appointed heir of all things when God the Father is not dead and he cannot die because God is a spirit. Mm -hmm. So how did he get to be an heir? Okay, Romans 8, 17, don't turn to it, but I done preached it to you enough for you to know where it says that we are heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ. But I never, this is why the more you get into the word, it, the more it excites you, it should. It blew my mind when God showed me this Friday. Because he said, Joan, you've been preaching it and teaching it, and that's a good thing, but you have not known the, the entire truth. Hmm. When you said that we're joint heirs of Christ and heirs, you didn't know because you don't know what it means or didn't know what it means when it says that Jesus was appointed heir. What does that mean? If you're in Bible study on Wednesday, you know. But because most of you are not, turn in your Bibles. Daniel 7, verse 26 to 27. And if you don't see how God ties all this together with the Saturday Bible studies and the Wednesday Bible studies and all the Sunday sermon, I mean, it was so amazing when God showed me yesterday or Wednesday, what does it mean that Jesus is an heir? Who died? That's what I had to get clarification. Who died in order for Jesus to be heir? Not... He died. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But in order for Jesus to be made heir, he's still alive, right? Mm -hmm. So somebody had to die, didn't they? Yeah. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. Come on, y'all, talk to me. Okay, Daniel 7, 26 to 27. But the court, ah, I love this. I loved it Wednesday when we read it, and I love it now. The court, there's a court going on in heaven. The court will sit. When the judge comes in, you know, here comes the judge. Here come, when the judge comes in, in, everybody in the court, the angels and the believers and so forth, will see. And it says, and his power, the his power here will be taken away and completely destroyed. Who is this his? Who is this his? Anybody in Bible study? Who is this his? No. Who is this his? The Antichrist. The Antichrist, okay, is talking about after the tribulation period, okay, it says his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereign, sovereignty, the power, and the greatness of all the kingdoms that the Antichrist had taken control of under the whole earth will be done what? Handed over to who? Handed over to who? No, the holy will be hand, handed over to the saints. All of the kingdoms 
that the Antichrist, it was Daniel 7, 26 to 27, if you can't find it. Daniel 7, 26 to 27. It says God is going to hold court after the tribulation period. The Antichrist is going to be judged. And God is going to judge him and strip him of all his power. Remember, he had become a one world leader. Okay, and all the kingdoms and wealth and so forth in the world now belong to him. But God said, your time is up. You've been weighed in the balance and I find that you are lacking. And scripture says that he, God casts him into the abyss or the bottomless pit. I can't remember which, which one. But God strips him of his power and gives all of his wealth to the saints of God. Do you see that? All of his wealth and power he gives to the saints of almighty God. Is it starting to click? Remember in Hebrews 1, the second verse, it says, in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. Well, in the Old Testament, it was, I mean, in the beginning, yeah, Old Testament, it was the beginning of the last days. When our Lord came on this earth, that started the last of the last days. Okay, and God is telling us in Daniel 7 that during these last days that the Antichrist is going to be judged and all of his wealth is going to be given to the saints. Do you now start to get an inkling of the inheritance that will be turned over to Jesus, who in turn will turn it over to us? I should have heard a whole bunch of wows. I got wow, so this sermon should have been called a wow, okay? Because God is going to take everything that Satan, in this world that Satan had used the Antichrist to acquire, it's going to be turned over to Jesus, Amen. and Jesus is going to turn it Amen. over to us. Amen. That's how he becomes heir of all things. That's how, that's the death that has to take place in order for Jesus to be an heir. Do you see it now? Is it starting to click in your mind? And scripture says that he will turn it all over to us. All of the wealth. That's why he tells us in Romans that we are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. Who is this Jesus? Who is, is he just a miracle worker? Is it just a healer? Is he just a, a way maker? No. Jesus is more than all of that. Amen. Want to see some more about my Jesus? I love it. Verse 3. Verse 3, still in Hebrews. Verse 3. The verse, first part of the verse. It says, after he had provided purification for sins. Now, when I read that, that blew my mind. After he had provided purification for sins, I want you to notice that this doesn't simply say that after he had paid the sacrifice for our sins, it's I said he provided the purification. What does that mean? After he had provided the purification for our sins, what does that mean? What does that mean? Forgiveness. Forgiveness, yes. What else? 
Purification. If something has to be purified, what is it? You're being cleansed. When, when something is purified, God is saying through his death, he provided the cleansing that was necessary to make us pure. Do you remember last week when God said in 2 Peter 3, 14, that we were supposed to be spotless and blameless? Remember that? We talked about that. At, let's talk about it Thursday. Well, the way that we become spotless and blameless is through the purification that our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ provided. Amen. What we have to do is live every day to maintain that purity. Do you see that? He provided the purification. I, I don't want to say it, but it, it came to my mind. He provided the Clorox to take out the stain. That was not a good example, but it just reminded me of something to cleanse the stain. Okay, he provided the purification to take away the sins uh, stain. Now look at chapter 2, verse 9. We're almost finished. Hebrews 2. I told you to keep your Bibles open. You know, I don't know why you lay them on the side, but Hebrews 2, verse 9. Hebrews 2, verse 9. Jesus provided the purification. Mm. The way that I am holy is not because of Joanne, mm -hmm. but it's because of the Christ in me. Yeah. The way that I'm made holy is not because of what I do or haven't done. It's because of the Christ that's in me. Amen. Jesus provided the purification, but it is now my duty and your duty to maintain that purification. Amen? Yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm, Hebrews 2, verse 9. Let's look at this. You got it? Speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. But now we do, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels. For a little while, now crowned with glory and honor, because he what? Suffered death, so that by the grace, oh, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. There are two powerful truths in this verse. Two powerful truths in this verse. First, it says he was made a little lower than the angels, means he was put into human form for a little while. Okay, what does that mean? That means that he humbled himself. He humbled himself. There's another verse of scripture that says he laid aside his robes of glory and he humbled himself. He put on human flesh. What does God have in that for you? God has in that for you that in order for you to be used by God, you've got to be willing to humble yourself. Jesus could not have been used by God the Father if he was not willing to do something that could have been considered beneath him. You know how we don't want to do things because we think it's beneath us. We put some kind of expectation of where we are and this is beneath me and that and God said you don't know how many blessings that you have missed out on Amen. because you refuse to allow God to humble you Amen. you refuse to allow God 
to use you in the lower place. Jesus allowed God to use him in the lower place. In the lower place. He allowed his So what this scripture says is say now he is crowned with honor and glory. And but he had to be used in the lower place. You want to be exalted? You want to be raised? Whether it's on your job or what? You want to, you got to learn how to say, Lord God, I'll operate in the humble place. Because I know at one time you're going to lift me up to a higher place. Amen. Amen. That's the first truth that you can learn from this. Take that truth home and chew on it. But what's the second truth? The second truth that you can learn from this verse, and this is what we're going to end with. It says, by the grace of God, he might chase death for everyone. I like the way the, the Message Bible put that verse. It says, by God's grace, he fully experienced death in every person's place. Wait a minute, you didn't get that. By God's grace, he fully experienced death in every person's place. He experienced death in your place. He experienced going into the pits of hell in your place. He experienced the punishment of God because of sin in your place. He when it said it tasted death, he, he experienced what it meant to be separated from the Father because of sin in your place. He did it for you. Who is this Jesus that we talk about? He is more than anything that we and our fine, and, and this is just some of the things because I couldn't go into everything because it, it talked about here about the power of his word and, you know, all, it, there was so much in here so I couldn't take it all because I'd keep you here all day. But get into it and study it for yourself. Chew on it for yourself and see what God has for you. He was made a little lower than the angels. He humbled himself so that God could use him. And then he experienced death. He experienced, he wasn't talking about that death of dying that everybody dies. He wasn't, he wasn't talking about that. Because a whole bunch of people had died before Jesus died. He's talking about that spiritual physical death that comes from separation with the Father. He took it on so you never have to feel Amen. that way. Amen. 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 Let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. Who is this Jesus? Prayerfully, this Jesus is your all in all. Yeah. And the last point that I want to make is the fact that when it said after Jesus had uh, tasted death, he said he was seated on the right hand of God the Father. So you know what he's doing right now? He's interceding. He is praying for you. He is praying. He knows every single solitary issue in your life. He's praying for you, David. 
He's praying for you, Adrian, that he, he will you, become Jesus. more number one in your life. He's praying for you, Michael. He's praying for you, Tubby. He's praying for all of us. And if there's anybody, and let me just say this, that can get a prayer through, it's got to be Jesus. If there's anybody that can get a prayer through, it's got to be Jesus. Who is this Jesus? He is my all in all. And I pray, I pray, and I pray that one day that each of you will be able to say, he's number one in my life. In every area of my life, that nothing and no one ever comes before him. That everything concerning Jesus is sacred and holy to me. I was telling the people yesterday after Bible study, Bible study time is sacred to me. Bible study time. Sunday morning is sacred. Wednesday is sacred. Thursday is sacred. Saturday is sacred. Anytime I make a commitment to God that this is what I'm going to do for him and to learn more about him, that time is sacred. And I will not allow anyone, you ask my children, I will not allow anyone or anything to take his place, to move him out of the way. When I go to the doctors, the doctors say, Okay, you get an appointment in in what month? Uh, What days are good for you? I say any day but Wednesday and Friday. So now I say every day but Wednesday, Thursday. So I'll say Monday and Tuesdays, what you got on Mondays and Tuesdays. Because I will not schedule a doctor's appointment on a day that I have committed to God that I'm going to do a certain thing. I will not go to a family function before the time or during the time that I've committed to God because it's sacred. He's number one in my life. And I tell you, you don't know the joy and you don't know the peace that you can experience when God is number one in your life. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Most holy and all-wise Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. I love the the uh, topic, uh, let's talk about Jesus. I loved how you gave it to, to Kim. We're going to gossip about somebody. Let's gossip about Jesus. I just love the way you bring things around and tie in the Bible studies and all this. Lord, you are just so amazing. And that's how I know. I don't know about anybody else, but that's how I know that my sermons come directly from you. You get all the honor, the glory, and the praise. I ask you now, Lord, that all heads will be bowed and all eyes closed as we sing our last song, Gracefully Broken. And prayerfully, some of the things in the sermon this morning broke some strongholds in your life, things that you've been holding back on, areas that you've been holding back on. When you think about who Jesus is and that he's the greatest miracle that God ever performed, for you and in you that'll just make you want to draw close to him. All heads bowed and all eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you to just let the song minister to your spirit. break you to position you, break you to promote you, break you to put you in your right place. That's how he helps you. 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 When he breaks you, he won't hurt you. you. He He won't destroy you. Grace. He won't destroy you. Ah. Anybody been gracefully broken? Oh, yes. Ooh.
I've been gracefully broken. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times. Thank you for handling us with grace. Just put your worship 